1: This is the Court Today
0: replay on C103. Very good morning, T, as we welcome you along to Thursday's edition of the programme. John Paul, taking your calls at 1850 333 103. Text WhatsApp 0862 103, 103. And let me start by giving him a little bit of a help out to a listener who lost his phone this morning. It was on the 10 past 7 bus from Kanturk to Malo. So somebody on, hopefully somebody on that bus picked up that phone and is looking after it, or maybe I mean I'm assuming they've got onto the bus company and they've checked the bus that it isn't on the back of a seat or under a seat. But if anybody knows where that phone is, or if you heard of somebody saying, "Oh, I found a phone this morning on the, on the bus," can you call oh eight six eight zero one two five oh five oh eight six eight zero one two five oh five, and it's like. Losing party you when you lose a phone because I think we store so much information now on phones. Biggest one being all your telephone numbers, all your contacts. A lot of people use it for their diaries because you know you can slot things into, to book things into it so that you don't forget it. It can be, yeah, it can be a, a real pain in the butt when you lose your phone. So it would be great if we would be able to help out that person find his uh, phone. I want to start this morning before we talk about what's coming up on the program, and just to give a mention and and name the lady and talk about Natasha Perry, that gorgeous, gorgeous young mother of two. She was just uh, 26 uh, when she died. This was the lady who, five years ago, we were talking about it because we knew there was a court case going on, but we didn't have a name at the time. But I just, I so remember this case because it was happening around Christmas and it just seemed so wrong that the rest of the country was celebrating what this family, what this family were going through at the time. She was 26. She was Kept alive artificially for four weeks in December of 2014 because at the time it was erroneous concerns that ending her life by switching off the life support would have been in breach of the Eighth Amendment because, of course, she was uh, 15 weeks pregnant. Now it's all in the papers because it was the HSC finally, finally yesterday, almost five years after. Failings in her care uh, led to a large cerebral cyst on her brain going undiagnosed, and finally yesterday they apologised. It came as the High Court heard claims from six of Natasha Perry's relatives for nervous shock. Now six of them that already has been uh, settled, but uh, yesterday it was her daughter was in court or somebody on behalf of her daughter was in court, I'm assuming, in sums. Uh, she, the daughter yesterday got 150,000 payout the daughter is now 11 she was 6 at the time that her mother died several of Natasha's relatives though were in court yesterday including her dad who I saw on the news bulletins spoke outside uh, saying "While well, today's apology brings some closure and will allow us finally grieve for Natasha the pain, the heartbreak and the distress will never go away and of course Natasha is gone forever the family's case is not yet over because it's expected to be more settlements and the settlements that have already been made are going to be dwarfed, it seems, uh, by the claims for loss of financial support suffered by Natasha Perry's dependents, and they're not going to be assessed until the beginning of next year. So ultimately this case could cost the state millions, but I don't think anyone, I don't think the money side of this comes into it at all. If I take you back to December of twenty fourteen, Natasha Perry Fifteen weeks pregnant, she started complaining of severe headaches. Now it seems, the first she got the first of those headaches many many weeks previously, and a failure to diagnose uh, the problem left her brain dead within days of her admission to the Midlands Regional Hospital in Mullingar. Now, she was admitted to hospital on the twenty seventh of November. She was then formally declared brain dead on December the third. But the doctors wouldn't switch off the life support machine as her 15-week-old fetus still had a heart beat. Now, this gave rise to concerns that they'd be in breach of the Eighth Amendment since at that stage the Eighth Amendment hadn't been repealed. And of course, we know that the Eighth Amendment gave equal rights to the mother and to the unborn child. The family then were forced to go to the High Court in a bid to try to allow her and her unborn baby rest in peace. And then a 3 judge court ruled on St. Stephen's Day they met over Christmas that the ventilator could be switched off and that happened the following uh, day. So there was this settlement yesterday approved for her uh, daughter. The court heard that her young daughter who now is 11 was only 6 at the time had witnessed her in a deteriorating and unrecognisable condition on life support and had also been present when the life support machine was switched off. Her solicitor told the court that Natasha Perry's daughter was horrified when she witnessed the condition her mother was in. Uh, Justice Cross said the child had endured a terrible, terrible time and that he hoped when she became an adult she'd be comforted by good memories of her mother. And I've heard and I, I, I won't get into some of the coverage I heard by leading doctors and leading experts who would have described what Natasha Perry's body would have been like in those weeks that she was on the life support machine because she was brain dead and the deteriorating condition which had been would have been getting worse every single day and that went on for a month with the family coming in and obviously the young daughter wanted to come in to say goodbye to her mother I mean it's just absolutely shocking. Shocking to think what that family had to go through, and the fact that it was over Christmas and around Christmas. You know, while everywhere would have been full of twinkly lights and Christmas trees and festive cheer, this family were in and out to the courts, trying to fight, knowing that their daughter and knowing that their mother and sister was never coming home, were trying to fight, I suppose, for a little bit of dignity for their daughter and to allow their daughter and the unborn baby uh, rest in peace. And as her dad. Peter said yesterday that Christmas will forever be associated with the loss of this beloved young mother. It was just one of those shocking, shocking cases and one of those cases why we so need, regardless of how you feel about abortion but it was one of those cases of why we so needed to have the Eighth Amendment uh, repealed but I just, I want to mention her today and let us not forget her, uh, Natasha Perry and she's a beautiful, beautiful young lady pictured in all of the papers uh, today and I, what the judge said and, and I really hope does come come true for this little girl this now 11 year old little girl that she will go uh, when she becomes an adult that she'll just have good memories of her mother and that she, in some way I'm, I'm assuming that she will go for uh, if she isn't already gone for an awful lot of uh, counselling to help her get over what she witnessed but I hope that she does go on to just have remember the happy days with her mother and, and just that she doesn't end up only remembering the mother in the way she was unrecognizable and deteriorating in this hospital bed it 's a shocking case uh, eighteen fifty three 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 one oh three to cheer your things a reminder to you that we 've got tickets another pair of tickets to give away to Diana Ross Diana Ross is playing live at the Marquee on June 25th with the tickets going on sale next Monday November 25th 9am sharp if you're looking to be in with getting some of the first of those tickets ticketmaster.ie is where you need to go on Monday morning but we have the first of the tickets before they even go on sale at some stage today I'll give you this cue to call And I'm wrong to say cue to call because I did promise this yesterday, and I'm going to stick with my word. We're going to do it by text or WhatsApp today, but don't text or WhatsApp until you hear that cue. Okay, so you've got to stay with us for the morning, and at some stage during the morning, I'll play that cue to text, and then you get texting or WhatsApping, and then there will be a period of time of about 10 minutes that we will accept entries, and then we will make a draw from. During that, but they will only on the entries that come in during that 10 minutes when we play the cue to text today. And you will be in with a chance of winning a pair of tickets to go along and see the legend that is uh, Diana Ross. It is her top of the world tour and it looks absolutely stunning. It is going to be a mega, mega concert. Now, coming up on the programme today, we're going to discuss a little bit more about Streetlights on the program this came up during the during the week with some people particularly people that go out walking in the evening time have noticed that some of the street lights seem dimmer we had one listener describing them as a creamy color and not as bright as they used to be and people are saying that they're nervous about when they're out at night uh, walking and they like to be in a very well lit area so I don't know is it affecting your area? Is it just some areas? Have they changed the bulbs? We have one listener who's done a little bit of work on this and is going to join us to explain uh, why she reckons that they are we, people are right it isn't their imagination it isn't anything wrong with somebody's eyesight they are certainly a little bit uh, dimmer now the lovely wonderful actress Pauline McGlynn is going to join us on the programme I suppose forever known as Mrs Doyle in Father Ted even though she's done so much more than Mrs Doyle in Father Ted but she it's whenever you see Pauline McGlynn it's Mrs Doyle you think of isn't it you know have your cup of tea you will you will you will uh, so <laughs> lovely wonderful wonderful lady uh, but she's well known for her work with animal rights and protecting animals and she's involved in this gorgeous charity that I heard about for the first time a couple of years ago where they rescue hens. Now I'll be interested in talking to Pauline a little bit more about it. I'm assuming that they go into factories that these are battery hens who really wouldn't have had the best of life inside in these cages. But what happens when they're no longer producing enough eggs? What well, this particular charity gets in and they try to rescue them before they get to whatever their fate is when they're no longer producing enough eggs. Eggs to make them pro- to make profit for the company, and then what do they do? They have all these hens. They need people to rehome the hens. So, could you offer a home? Do you have space in your garden for a hen? I don't know. I'll be honest to you. I know little or nothing about looking after hens or how much space you need to have. But Polly McGlinn will join us, and hopefully she'll have all the information for us. And it's our pet slot a day today. So perhaps Jane will be able to throw in her twopence halfpenny worth uh, worth as well. And I don't know. If Anybody listening has taken or has taken any of these rescue hens, or perhaps you do you already have hens, and so not necessarily rescued ones, but you have hens in your garden. Are they easy to look after do they do they go on to almost become pets uh, I wonder, and is it you know is it is it a lovely thing for children, for example, to have hens running around the garden, and how much care do do they take and i mean i'm assuming we need to protect them from things like the fox so you need to have some kind of a cage, but i don 't know exactly how much care and attention a hen actually needs if anybody wants to share that with us. So because we're trying to encourage people to rescue some of these hens because this charity, it's a nationwide charity but they go around the country kind of doing road shows, trying to get people involved and they're going to be in uh, Yall and I think it's Vermoy. They're in two county towns anyway on Sunday so we'll have all the details on the programme today so stay tuned if you're interested in adopting a hen and we'll hear all about it from Pauline McGlynn. Online uh, scams be they text be they on the phone or be email some kind of online there's so many of them it's rare, I think, that we would have a week goes by on this programme that we wouldn't get a call in from a listener to say, you know, they just had a scam call, but they recognised it straight away or they've been bombarded by text messages or they've had emails. But then, you know, no matter how many times we talk about it, we will still hear from on guard the sheer corner, usually in our crime file uh, slot, we will hear hear about people who are getting caught out. So we can keep doing it and keep giving the mentions, but you will still have people who, for whatever reason, and you know, what often happens is it's people who believe I will never be scammed. I would never get caught out in a scam like that. And then lo and behold, something happens. Your guard is down for you know, whatever. You get distracted and you click on something and then it's too late. And I mean, I've been doing the interviews, I'd say, since since the internet, since we got used to the internet and started using mobile phones. I think we've been doing interviews on this programme about scams. So you would think that I've read enough and done enough interviews And I heard enough of the stories that I'd never get caught. And only last year I got caught on one of those scams where I got sent a text believing it to be true and clicked on it and instantly got three text messages back that I then realised I'd been charged two euro for each one. Now I only... God, I ended up only losing out by six euro but I was kicking myself that I was so stupid and gullible that I fell for it and I you know and as I was clicking it I was having going is this a scam or not?" oh I'll give it a try and, and then it was so you know so you've just got to be so so careful and coming up to Christmas they seem to increase I don't know why and I my my theory on that would be because we're all busier at this time of year we get a bit distracted at this time of the year because we've got so much going on and you've so much going through your mind and have you everything got and have you bought for this one and what did you get for that one and have you that Christmas present done and you've got to go to this night out and what are you doing about that night out and you can just get a bit distracted I think and, uh, and therefore... I think that's one of the reasons that they increase at this time of year. So we'll be having words of advice on that. And then, guys, Corner will join us with this week's uh, Crime File. And as we mentioned, Jane Jane Pickett, our resident vet, will join us in studio. So if you have a pet question for Jane, Get it into us please. He's talking about scams listen, says, hi Patricia, I got a phone call yesterday and I was expecting a call around the same time so I didn't take much notice of the number and just answered it. Nobody spoke and then it hung up straight away and that's when I noticed the strange number. I googled the number afterwards and it turns out that the call had come from Guyana. Do you think I'll be charged or is it only when you ring the number back? Yeah, no, you won't be charged. That's the scam. They, They don't want you to answer the call the whole idea is then that you see this missed call and you ring it back and they're making the numbers, they try to make the numbers look like they're a local call but if you count them up they usually have too many digits in them or something and if you have I know certainly on iPhones it will come up that it's from Central Africa or Somalia or Guyana, wherever it's from it actually comes up on it Uh, but I don't know if they if that's with all mobile phones it certainly does with the iPhones uh, but you know you won't get ch- you won't get charged for actually picking up and answering the call because that's why they hung up straight away they didn't want you to answer it's computer generated anyway there's nobody at the end of the line the whole idea is you ring back and then you get into it's a pre-recorded message that'll go on and on and on and on and on uh, and of course that's where you're getting charged per minute a premium rate and that's where the scam is and that's where you lose money and where the frauds, fraudsters make money so no you didn't get caught out but very easy to do that very easy to answer if you just look at it number uh, very quickly. Thank you for your text. And I mentioned the gentleman who lost his phone earlier this morning was on the 10 past 7 bus from Canturk to Mallow. A Douglas listener says the lost property office at Bus Aram in Summerhill South in Cork have lots of phones. Uh, they have lots of other stuff too. The bus drivers are really good to hand stuff in. OK, thank you for that to the, that Douglas listener. We'll pass that information on to our North Cork uh, listener if they pop in to bus on Summerhill they may just and I'm assuming it'll be at the end of the day when when the bus driver comes off duty but certainly it's worth getting in contact with them to see if they have found the phone thank you for that Okay, we're going to take a break and we're back chatting with a listener I want to continue this topic of streetlights. We've a number of calls to the programme this week with regard to streetlights, with some people feeling that the existing lights are not as bright as they used to be. Veronica in Mitchellstown has contacted us. A possible explanation for this. Uh, good morning to you, Veronica. Good morning, Patricia. And, How are you? I'm very well, and you're welcome. Now, firstly, tell me about your the road where you where live, live and what you've noticed with the streetlights.
2: Well, I suppose it was about... Two and a half, maybe three years ago, which was definitely about two and a half. We noticed um, they were over with the cherry picker changing the bulbs as we thought, and then after a while, we suddenly realised that this, this, my end of the street of the road was way darker. Now I have a neighbour who calls to me on a Sunday night, and normally I, she might go home till about eleven, so I'd stand at my door and watch, until she got to her door, which is only about only about four doors down. And suddenly, I couldn't see her door or see her going down anymore.
0: And before, with the old bulbs, you all with the
2: old lights. You see, we have no lights on my side of the street. They're all across the road from us. Yeah. So about they didn't even do the whole road. They did from the corner above me, about five poles down. So anyhow, um, I rang the ESB as I thought at the time, and then they said, "No, it's the county council that's in charge of the street lighting now." So. I got that to the county council and an awful lot of people use this road. It's a kind of a ring road walk Mm. around town and people use it to walk at night or runners use it even. But um, the county council said that, um, oh, yes, there's it's all LED lights. That it was a directive from the EU because they were cheaper to run.
0: And and they last longer.
2: They last longer and eventually they would be rolled out over the whole country. So I said to her, gosh, I said, there's no street lights on my side of the road. And I said, it's very dark. And even I've known that my friends that drive in and out this way and they found it. So she said, oh, she said um, the best thing to do, so she said, is put um, a sensor light or a a, a light on your porch or something. That was it.
0: That, that was our solution. That was that our was solution.
2: The solution. <laughs> but they never came back to finish the rest of the road. <laughs> they still have the old lighting down the town side of the road.
0: And therefore you can really compare and contrast oh, yeah. between the old. And when they replaced, when you were saying the cherry picker was in and they were, would, had those bulbs blown or were they actually? No, 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 no.
2: No. Oh. no, they hadn't.
0: So they were replacing what was perfectly good bulbs at the time.
2: They were, absolutely, yeah. I know, and actually a couple of friends now. Like I said, they were driving out the road and they're driving out along and the road, the lights are grand and then all of a sudden, it's like you're driving in a fog. It's so much different because LED lights only shine down, they don't shine out.
0: Well, the number of people that have made that point when they've contacted yeah. us today saying that the older street lights would give you, you know, they shine. plenty
2: of light plenty. across the road. Yeah,
0: whereas these they just shine down and they that's do. it.
2: That's it, and that's true, but that is that was the explanation I was given at that time, and I don't think that would have changed very much, really. So, I and we, but
0: we've all moved to L- LED in our houses. Oh, yes.
2: And uh, sorry, no, Patricia, for interrupting you, but I just because uh, it's ran into my head. What you find is. Maybe at two or three or four in the morning, they're very bright because, as you know, LED—the longer it's lighting, the brighter it gets. But yeah. like, it's no good to us having it very bright at two or three in the morning because <laughs> we don't need it. Then.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and that's and that's the nature of the science behind LED. It is. They they heat up almost or whatever that's they do, right. and they are cheaper and they are better for the environment oh, and yeah. all of that. I know.
2: So, but like, I, I, they're better for the environment, but they're not safer for people walking.
0: And are you hearing Are you hearing of local people complaining a lot?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. they do. Because, they I mean, it, it's... Like I said, there's an awful lot of people now that have used this road for running because it's a kind of a, a part of a ring around the town. And they run and they walk all year round, really, here. But I know a couple of them now that have stopped walking out this way. This ah, that's up. a shame. You can't that's, see where you're going.
0: That's a shame. And, like, walking and running for fitness has yeah. become much more popular than it was, say, 20 years ago. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, everywhere you go, every town and village yeah. you go to, and it's fantastic. walking.
2: Yeah, and it's, it's great to see it. But they yeah. need to feel safe. Oh, absolutely. Yes, that's quite true, you know. Yeah. So I don't know what, the solution would be to all of that?
0: Well, if we have to go down LED and if it is an EU directive and uh, then put in more LEDs if they had lights on the other side, that would...
2: That's what I said to her at the time. I said, you know, would they be putting lights on our side of the street then? Yeah. And that's when she said put in um, sensor lights or (laughs) porch lights or so, so
0: says <laughs> you, were you going to pay for me sensor light? <laughs> <laughs> and she says, no, I'm going now. No, yeah, yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, and we did contact uh, Cork County Council yesterday. We are awaiting a response back on the street lighting. Okay. But, I, but I think our Veronica in Mitchellstown, you've been our detective for us. I think you've, <laughs> so, you've solved it.
2: Well, all the has changed. No, nah, I doubt it. I doubt it. I doubt it. even at that, they probably put some up in other towns, and, but they never came back to finish this road. That's to mind the rest of the town.
0: So you'll have to get a flash lamp for your neighbour. Is your neighbour okay going home yeah, then?
2: I know. Yeah. And, and, and you see, when she walks down now, I can't see her. I and I have to wait to see what her sensor light come on when she's going up her path to and then, sure she gets home. And then you know she's safe. I know she's home And then. you do that every
0: Sunday night? Oh yeah. All year round? All year round. How many years are you doing that?
2: Oh, we're living here 47 years. I suppose about 30 since our kids grew up. And you just sit down and have a natter? We sit down and catch up on the kids and catch up on things that happen during the week, yep. And would you watch a bit of telly or? No, no we'd just don't. have a cup of Well, sometimes we'd have a cup of tea, sometimes we wouldn't, and we'd just have a chat. And it's always your house. Always, oh, no. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent of the time, it's my
3: house. You it's don't just have just a to... habit we
2: got into.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's funny when you get into those habits. I remember my my own my own late mother. Every Wednesday morning, used yeah. to go up the hill to her friend Peggy, <laughs> and and it was always up the hill, like. And she always was the one that did it. It's just it was like yeah. that. I got into the habit of it, and, and that was yeah, it. That's and,
2: and that's that's probably the same with us. It's just a habit now that Peggy comes up.
0: And, and it's Peggy um, as well. And those yeah. kind of friendships are fantastic. Oh,
2: they're worth anything. There.
0: a a good neighbour is better than any family it's better than any family member I'll tell you that All right, listen lovely talking to you thanks Veronica God bless bye bye Uh, bye -bye. Bye -bye. Veronica in Mitchelstown solving the riddle I think of the street lights it's LEDs and there you go we can blame the EU it's one of those wonderful EU directives that we constantly hear about 1850 333 103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103
4: the C103 Cork Diary is a free service to help non profit organisations all over Cork. So, if you're a community group or a charity that's holding a fundraising event or meeting, send us the details at least one week in advance and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email info at c103.ie. The Cork Diary.
5: With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. C103.
4: This
0: Sunday, the Little Hill Animal Rescue will be returning to y'all and Fomoy with rescued hens for people to adopt. The charity is calling on compassionate people in West Cork and beyond to make space in their gardens for a few feathered friends. Actress Pauline McGlinn is a patron of the charity and Pauline joins me on the programme this morning. Good morning to you Pauline. Good morning Cork uh, and all around. <laughs> <laughs> Great to hear, hear hear from you. Okay, d- just to explain to people, where Where do these hens come from? Well,
6: um, hens, when they're kept um, commercially by farmers uh, to lay eggs take a little bit of a rest around the age of 18 months. So you can imagine if you're a farmer and it really is all about the money then, um, uh, you know say you have a few thousand hens if even half of them are taking a break you can imagine you're, you'll are you be down um, so many thousand eggs. So what the farmers do is they just uh, get rid of them, they send them to the slaughterhouse um, even though the hens do in fact have loads more uh, egg laying years in them um, and that's where Little Hill steps in. So we come um, and and rescue them, uh, drive them around the country, and then uh, the people of Ireland get to adopt them and have many more years of great fun and and egg laying from them. Um, the ones we have at the moment, uh, over the last few weeks, they've been caged hens um, yeah. who are kept in terrible
0: circumstances. Have they lived all of their lives today? in a cage?
6: Yeah, yeah. Are even now, it's probably good to remind people that even if it says free range. On the eggs that you get in the supermarket Um, free range is kind of it's one of those kind of like um, amorphous things basically if the hens have the ability to get outside and walk around that, that would be classed as free range but the reality is most of them live their lives in a barn and they'll never get even anywhere near the one little exit up the top of the barn, uh, closely guarded by their sisters, who do get to go out into a very small space. Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, any of the ones that we're uh, rehoming at the moment, they really, they're not um, aware of the outdoors at all. And it's really, actually, it's so sweet and it's so fantastic for the adopters to see, but um, things like they have to be shown where to go to bed and what time to go to bed at night, but also, if there's a shower of rain and we can pretty much guarantee it at the moment. They'll stand out in it because they don't know that they take shelter during
0: the rain because they've never seen a shower of rain Ash- or and do, and do they learn then? Do they pick up all those skills? Within
6: 24 hours, I promise you these are the smartest little ladies <laughs> you're going to meet in a long time. Within 24 hours they'll actually want to be moving into your house because that's the warmest place with the most comfort and the best crack and that's all that they're about um, is just, you know, where is the best place I can be? Ah, it's uh, in the house.
0: And do, do they it's, look, it's, but do they they look a bit shook when you get them first yes now a load
6: of the ones that uh, that are coming out and that will be we hope adopted this weekend um, are uh, yeah but they're a bit bedraggled looking because when they take their little break at 18 months it's kind of to reset their body clock if you like it's a a molt they'd call it so you know they're growing new feathers some of them never had feathers to begin with I have to tell you Um, and they they do look a little bit like dinosaurs because because they haven't been out and about enough. Their their claws are quite big till they get scratching in the dirt and um and a load of them will be bald. So um, okay. just uh, to warn they,
0: people. They are but then so within a period of time they would be Within absolutely few stunning. Fabulous, lush, red, uh, reddy brown feathers.
6: Uh, they're their little red hens, we would call them, little red hens. Yeah. And um, yes, and they will, do, oh, they do a great song when they're laying. So you'll you'll <sighs> learn to know that and the whole lot. And I think, you know, One of the things about uh, people adopting hens now at the moment is because we're all really concerned where our food comes from and also our carbon footprint. So if you knew that like your eggs were coming from your garden, from the coop in the garden. Um, that is a zero carbon footprint as you walk out to collect them and bring them back in and put them on the table for your family. So it's a win-win situation for everyone. They'll give you great fertilizer <laughs> for okay. your garden, but I would protect anything um, beautiful that you love, A nice, oh, a nice shoot coming out of the ground. Oh, they'd love that. Oh, would um, they? It, okay. You know, so it'll be a tiny little... Do, okay, do you, do you need a large garden? No, no. All you really need, to be honest with you, is... Um, someplace safe to put them fox-proof or mink-proof let's say um, because uh, out in the country there's more than the fox obviously around Um, but you know any predators like that just make it it, if you get it fox-proof then you're nearly you know all the way towards being uh, predator-proof I would have thought but yeah just someplace safe for them to be at night and and whenever you know you're not at night and at dusk or no dusk and dawn I should say Um, you know the time when they'd be most vulnerable to what you what you feed them
0: what you feed them on oh oh
6: feed them Oh, right, well, um, there's, there's all sorts. <laughs> um, um, you know, they will have been living on layers, pellets and layers mash um, for the last uh, 18 months, specifically so that they will lay eggs and, and so on. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing, if people go onto the Facebook, Little Hills Facebook page, not only to book Adopting Their hens, but you'll see that people have been um, sending in not only pictures of their um, adopted girls, but also uh, recipes. Um, for things that they love uh, you know a bit of porridge a bit of cornmeal oh stop it they take your hand off right? uh,
0: actually somebody Martin in Mitchelstown has contacted us to say I, adopt, I adopted some of those hens uh, in the last two years they didn't have much feathers on when I got them but they started eating the grass the feathers grew and they got so much stronger yeah. uh, some of mine have stopped laying now if people are considering adopting a hen make sure that you have proper grit on the ground for the hens that's mm. important also yeah. an outhouse for them in case the fox comes across. I think if everyone says Martin had hens, it would reduce waste as they pick away on so much food, plus you get fresh eggs. Yeah, it's a
6: win-win situation, it really is. And you know, if you have kids as well, I would have thought if you give them some responsibility, you know, for feeding the hens and all, they get to know about that where their food is coming from, and also let's say it out loud, the hens they won't live forever, so the kids will learn, like any you know, having any animal in the house they'll learn about grief
0: um, and about loss, yeah. and surely it's all part of growing up. It um, is indeed. You know? Now in order to adopt one of these hens, particularly one of the ones from Sunday when they're going to be in yawl and from Hoy, people need to get on to the Facebook page.
6: Yes, yeah, little little Facebook page, you can then um, private message um, the, the rescue and just say where you'll be and how many any hens you'd like to adopt and there is a small adoption fee obviously we you know we are getting them from the farmer plus we're driving them all around so petrol and whatever but most importantly here it is here's the big one these hens are are worth something. Their lives are worth something. So we would never give any away free. You never know where they'll. The adoption up well, fee,
0: anyway. by the way, folks, is only six euros. Uh, yeah. You know, fair. and
6: you'll have eggs within the week. Yeah, and it's, even it's, if they take, uh, they're taking their rest within weeks um, as their feathers go back, and they're happy as anything. They'll um, they'll be laying for you. And can I just say, I did an experiment in my house with the cruelty free eggs, and that's what you'll be getting. you see yeah. cruelty free? eggs. Um, I've often cooked them up for my husband and said nothing. Um, And he'll say, the eggs were particularly delicious uh, today. Uh, Why? The cruelty free eggs. They really do taste better. So, you know, you'll never look back. Once you you adopt these girls and get into it, you will never, never look back.
0: Uh, And everyone says that. Absolutely everybody says that. You're a big animal lover.
6: I am, and I'm. Uh, you know, some people get uh, they get to save the pandas or the elephants, the giraffes. You know, a whole load of uh, orangutans. We're very worried about them. Don't be taking palm oil and yeah. anything. Um, you know, all of those um, I- extraordinary creatures. With me, it's a greyhounds racing, greyhounds and um, hen laying eggs. Well, hey, you know, why not? There's a space in everyone's <laughs> life for you know the creatures that I think are fabulous, but maybe other people overlook you know so but yeah in general um, when we get the election next year I'll be opening my door I never do but I, I'll open it to people um, that are canvassing and I'll be saying what are you doing about um, animal rights um, well do you, done. you know yeah, and, so that's,
0: and that's the, and that's the, the right thing that's the
6: right thing to do yeah, I the, think so it's the, the way forward it is yeah. the way it is be, the way forward if you can be anything in life be nice
0: <laughs> and you're <laughs> and always nice are you,
6: are you up to anything you're busy at the moment well if people need a bit of Pauline and yeah. um, I don't think that they do but anyway We all um, (laughs) need a bit of
0: Pauline go on
6: Well um, I'm on a a show at the moment um, on RTE2 for it's I suppose a a young person's show it's called Drop Dead Weird and I'm a terrible villain in that but the (laughs) best bit about it is it's about um, an Australian family who come back to the west of Ireland to live and I'm the local baddie but we made part of it in Sydney over the last two years Now that's Um, not bad Adventure you know and anyone can get me these days if they just Say, yeah, yeah, well, we're going to pay it. It could probably be very, very uh, poor pay, but as long as they say somewhere that I haven't been or that is a big adventure, I'm going,
0: yep, yep I'll do that. (laughs) Good on you, good on you Listen, it was a pleasure to talk to you uh, Pauline, I hope you get lots of Cork families Uh, adopting your your hens I hope so now, Cork never
6: lets us down I'm I'm glad to say, and these are the ones that we had to leave behind um, Uh, a few uh, last weekend, so So uh, we have to get them homes now, we couldn't, couldn't, no hen gets left behind. Okay,
0: Um, the Little Hill Animal Rescue and Sanctuary, go on to their Facebook
5: page please. Go Uh, on,
0: go Go on, go on, go on. Pauline. We we'll <laughs> leave it there. Thank you for that. Thank Thanks you. a million. Uh, bye, bye. The wonderful uh, Pauline McGlinn.
5: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
0: Now, some of your calls and comments coming into the programme. We were talking about street lights in the last hour, and uh, Veronica was illuminating us uh, and uh, filling us in as to what she why she believes that the. Street lights are dimmer, and people are saying not as bright as they used to be, and it's all because of an EU directive that says street lights must switch over to LED. And Veronica was of the belief that LED lights get brighter. I thought they did as well the longer they are on. But Tim in Bandon, one of our very very learned listeners, has been on to explain: LED lights do not get brighter the longer they are on. LED are, are, are referred to as instant on meaning they reach full brightness as soon as they're switched on and that's why they are so much better for the environment than the old traditional bulbs that take longer to heat up and all of that and uh, take longer to reach their full brightness so I bow to your superior knowledge Tim and thank you and and our apologies that myself and Veronica got that one wrong actually somebody said when they were listening to Veronica doesn't she sound a little bit like Alice Taylor and she does she's she's one of those people who's got interesting stories to tell and she tells them so well as well yeah I enjoyed my chat uh, with her and then hi he says, Patricia, while I'm sympathising with Veronica on the programme and the streetlights that she's talking about, can I just say you're lucky and she's lucky. If you live in a little town that has street lights uh, and a school and a church and maybe some shops, we are lucky if we had one street light." Even though we pay property tax, like everybody else, we don't even have pavements, said Heidi, who obviously lives in a very rural area. Thank you for that. And actually, somebody else picked up on that. Rose picks up on that as well, saying those people that are given out about their street lights not being as bright as they used to be. We have no lights in our area, says Rose, who also says we don't have free water either. She's paying for her own water. Bring back water tax controversial, Rose. Controversial. Can't see many people ringing up and agreeing with you on that one. But thank you for your text to 0862 103 103. A listener says to the gentleman who were trying to find his phone who lost it on the 7.10am bus from Cantor to Mallow this morning. Somebody somebody, listener says, if that man who lost his phone on the bus, if he rang his mobile phone from another phone, surely somebody might answer it and he'd be able to tell him where the phone is. I'm assuming he's tried that. Isn't that the first thing we all do when you lose the phone because you know when you're at home and where's my phone isn't it the first thing you do can somebody ring my phone because I can't find it and then you hear it ringing so I'm assuming that's the very first thing he did it could have been on silent he could have had it switched off you don't know in fact he was on a bus maybe he was being polite and had it switched off or has it on silent so that it wouldn't be interfering with any of the other passengers he might have been a very caring man uh, like that as well 1850 Hens when we the lovely Pauline M- M- McGlynn was. not she isn't she such a dote uh, to talk to you know because As as I mentioned before she came on, we associate her with, you know, Mrs Doyle from Father Ted, even though she's done so much more uh, since then. But she's just, you know, she makes you smile when you see her on TV as Mrs Doyle. And but whenever you hear her being like that, when I was chatting with her, every see her on TV or see her being interviewed, she just comes like goodness, goodness oozes out of her. And so, you know, I'm not at all surprised to hear that she's a big advocate for animal rights and in particular for the poor old greyhounds and for the poor old hens and trying to give them a better life. She's just a good, good person and... and we need more good people in the world. So it was my real pleasure and privileged to have spoken with her in the last hour. But a listener wants to point out that hens are only suitable to be kept in the countryside. Town gardens, says this listener, are too small and you'd only be annoying the neighbours as hens would jump over the fences and damage other people's gardens. Now, I don't know if people want to back that up because certainly this particular charity, the the Little Hill Charity that we're talking about that's rehoming these hens. They seemingly have a lot of families in across Cork City and County, but a city as well. And people are keeping hens in their garden. And once you have someplace safe for them, I don't know if anybody wants to back that up. Are you living next to somebody keeping hens, and are the hens annoying you? Are they ending up in your garden, and have you come to blows with your neighbour over the hens? Because certainly anybody else we've heard from this morning are saying no, lovely, wonderful pets. And people who've dealt with this charity and have rehomed them, saying very, very successful uh, indeed. Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three. Somebody has asked me to mention that there is a fundraising night. This is for the air ambulances. A fundraising night in the Black Rose as the formerly the crossroads in Bosworth. it's on tomorrow night Friday at 9am it's going to it's, this is going to kick off a North Cork fundraising drive to help to keep this vital life-saving service in uh, in to, to keep it going. Music will be by Alan Finn of the Shandrum Kelly Band and Friends with a number of guest singers and Ruth Bruton who we've spoken with on this programme of the Air Ambling Service she'll be in attendance and she'll have a little bit of a chat at it and admission is 10 euro tomorrow and uh, your support would be much welcome. It'll be a good night out but it's in a really really good cause because we never know when our good selves or any of our family family are. Friends or neighbours will need the service of that air ambulance. That's why it is so, so important that we keep it going. And is it two million a year? It's a huge huge sum of money it, it, it worries me actually the amount of money that's needed to keep that air ambulance in our area now I got this email in today and it, normally it's just something that I put in the community diary but I want to mention it because I think it's there's, there's real goodness about this and thank you to Keith Reedy out in Newmarket Garda station for sending this on Keith wrote to me to tell me that the sergeant in Newmarket a gentleman by the name of Dan Murphy and by God he sounds like he is a real gentleman sergeant Sergeant Dan Murphy is retiring he's given 38 years of service to Angarda Shiacona, And normally when somebody is retiring there's a bit of an occasion held. You know, retirement parties and you know, we've, we've all been to retirement parties over the years and they're normally wonderful social events where everybody, you know, gets out and says nice things about the person who's retiring and you know, there's probably some presents handed over. and You know, it's just a nice thing. Well, Sergeant Dan Murphy has decided rather than have a retirement party, he is, he wants a fundraising night instead. Now, not a fundraising night for himself. He wants to have a fundraising night for Cancer Connect and he wants to use that to mark the occasion of his retiring. Now, Cancer Connect, for those of you that don't know, uh, is obviously, as the name suggests, it is for cancer patients. And it's for cancer patients who are unable to drive to hospital for whatever kind of treatment, you know, things like chemotherapy or radiation where they have to go every day for a number of weeks. You're up and down and up and down. It's, the treatment is only a few, you know, it doesn't take very long, but it can be extremely tiring. And what if you don't drive or what if you don't have a family member who can drive you? That's where Cancer Connect comes in. And it's volunteers are, are the drivers and they drive their own vehicles in their own free time and they ensure that patients are taken to and from CUH, Tralee General or Limerick hospitals and they cater for patients in North Cork, Limerick uh, and even as far as North Kerry. And Sergeant Dan Murphy, would you believe, in his spare time, is one of the drivers. He's, he's already one of the volunteer drivers. So, he's decided that he'd organise a night. For Obviously, there's pressure being put on him. You have to have a retirement night. Everybody has to have a retirement night. So, he says, right, don't want a retirement night. Let's organise this fundraiser. So, it's a fundraising night with the one and only Liam O'Connor. It's going to be at the Highland Inn Newmarket on Friday, December the 6th kicking off at half past eight. Sean O'Dowd will be playing afterwards so that people can have a little bit of a dance uh, as well. And it promises to be a great night. Money's raised will go towards the Cancer Connect group. But they have a long term goal. And this is what I'm interested in. They're hoping to purchase a car or a minibus because at the moment it's volunteers driving their own vehicles. Wouldn't it be terrific if they had a minibus or they had a car? that you know the volunteer drivers could then access rather than using their own vehicles i think that's a terrific idea and a long term commitment to the group uh, as well so tickets can be purchased if you'd like to go along and i really do hope that this night is really really well supported firstly by people who know dan murphy and just want to say to him you know good on you and enjoy your retirement and all of that. And also, uh, I'm hoping it gets really supported by people who've used the services of Cancer Connect. And again, it's a little bit like with the air ambulance. We never know when the day will come when we may need to use this service. So tickets can be purchased by ringing 087-6047182 or you can pop in to Cantork, our new market, the Station. And tell him you won on the radio Sent you in, and you want to buy one of the tickets and you can buy the tickets there as well. It's terrific. It's terrific. I'll remind you of it again uh, closer to the date. But it is Friday, the 6th of uh, December. And can we wish Sergeant Dan Murphy a long and a happy retirement? And he sounds like he is a great guy. And I have a funny, funny feeling that he's probably going to be more busy in retirement than he has been in his working life. He just sounds like a good Good guy. Well done. And that sounds like it's going to be a terrific night and of course any night that's got Liam O'Connor on stage always fantastic 1850 John Paul taking your course. text whatsapp 0862
4: 103 103 C103 Jobs with Hewitt College
5: now enrolling for Christmas junior and leaving certificate revision courses your success is built on their experience See HewittCollege.ie.
0: a person is wanted for drafting and CAD drawings it's for an engineering company in the North Cork uh, area while a restaurant assistant 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 is wanted for immediate start. That's for maternity cover. CE Tree Services—they're looking for ground staff again. That does come with an immediate start. And experienced bar person is required for part-time hours. It includes weekends in the Mallow area. You'll find. All the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
4: Follow C103 on Facebook. Join us today. Search C103. Court today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850 333 103. Now
0: people have been warned of an upsurge in scams in the run up to Christmas. So with advice on what we need to look out for, I'm joined from the Banking and Payments Federation of Ireland by Olivia Buckley, who is the Head of Fraud Prevention with Fraud Smart. Good morning to you, Olivia. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome. Do more scams appear at this time of the year, possibly because the criminals Leave, we're busier in the lead up to Christmas.
1: And that's absolutely the case. So there's two things really happening. We as consumers are getting busier, we're under pressure, um, time is at a premium, and in many cases, people. Are looking for goods, they're looking for goods that perhaps are in short supply, that they want to buy as gifts for their family members, and they're feeling under the pressure that I want to get that special uh, gift and where do I get it, so they head online and see is there any availability. And there's also the issue of people who may be worrying about money, and we'll talk separately about the online loan scam. So people who need money, and we have fraudsters who are offering loans, but in a fact these aren't real loans at all. They're not authorized and they're a scam. So, what happens is people under pressure, money and time wise, fraudsters getting more sophisticated. Uh, and more innovative, and more business-like. Fraudsters, we know, are starting to, and in fact for some time, are running their fraud operations like really professional businesses. They're becoming more authentic. This is what
0: really annoys me about these fraudsters. They're intelligent people who know what they're doing. If they would only turn that intelligence and that skill into something that's legal.
1: And you see, they're looking at a world that is growing more digital, more technology. We're all living on our phones on our tablets, on our computers, in particular our phones. We're doing our banking more online. We're shopping online. We're on social media. So everybody's clicking on the hour, and it's allowing greater opportunities to open up for the fraudsters. And what do they see? They see opportunity to make money um, and to run a scam and to lure us into their web. And I suppose that's what I would say to people. We have been very trusting, I suppose. And I would say when it comes to online, whether it's your banking, your shopping, your online purchases, we've got to think really the way we would think in our ordinary life, belt and braces. I lock my car. I lock my house. I set my alarm. I know what my code is and I have everything nice and secure. When we go onto our phone and when we go onto our computer from here on with our activity, we've actually got to put our heads into that very same space because this is ripe, fertile ground for fraudsters and we've got to start looking at what we can do. So there are a number of, I suppose, there are a number of frauds that uh, FraudSmart, along with the Gardaí, have been alerting people to this week. Okay. The first one is, I suppose, a very important one. It's ranked fraud alert, less perhaps got to do with Christmas per se, but in our busyness it's very easy to, uh, to be duped by this. The fraudsters are getting really good at pretending to be your bank. You receive an email, you get a text, or you get a phone call saying it's your bank, we're just checking in, there looks like there's an irregularity in your account, could you just put in your PIN number, or could you just click on this, or could you just put in your phone number? Banks do not send unsolicited messages to you as a customer requesting that kind of detail. Hmm. So when you get it, your alarm bell must go up, and if you think it is genuine, What we say to people is pick up the phone to your bank independently. Don't use the text number. Don't use the email. Don't use anything on that piece of communication. Pick up the phone to your bank and say, I've just received an email. Have you contacted me? Yeah,
0: and you use the number that you normally use for your bank, not one that might be on that email that you've just received.
1: Exactly. And then you know, because once you click it, you are allowing them into your system. And therein the fraud starts and therein starts the difficulty, and now they also have access to your personal details. So I would say to people, draw a deep breath, and if I could only... One thing to remember, don't respond and pick up the phone independently. And that will really help people and save them being defrauded. The second thing is online loan scams, people getting uh, advertising. And of course, we're all more using social media and more ads are popping up. We're getting ads every day. As soon as you open your phone, you're receiving advertising of some description. So when your phone opens up and you see ads uh, offering loans, you must check them out. And the real way to check that out is to ring the central bank or check the central bank website to see are they an authorised firm. And the central bank... Um, has a very good on their homepage an area called Consumer Hub, which people may not be familiar with. But you can search for authorised lenders in there, and they also have a list as they are catching up and becoming more aware of the fraudsters and working with the Guardian, identifying them. They're also publishing lists of unauthorised lenders. So there's several areas on their website where you can research the information and say, gosh, that is not unauthorised. They also have a public helpline, 1890 777-777. <clears throat> Pardon me. So if you don't want to uh, work your way around the website and you just want to make a call, phone calls, but, give uh, them a call. But Olivia,
0: how does that online uh, loan one scam work?
1: So you receive an ad saying, would you like to uh, have some money for Christmas or do you n- need a loan? You click on it. Yeah. You make an application for it. And within minutes, and this is what really should ring alarm bells for people, Within minutes of applying for the loan and putting in your details, the applicant will be immediately contacted and say, absolutely, you're good for a a loan and here's your application is approved. And they will then be asked to put a fee in in advance Ah. of the loan being issued. So you put your money in and you never see that money again and the lender disappears because they never existed as an authentic lender Ah. in the first place. So again, there is another warning um, that people may not be fully aware of because we're very click-happy by nature and we are doing uh, more stuff online. Don't click on ads. If you think something is authentic, go into your search bar and, again, like making the phone call to your bank independently, look them up independently. Because once you click on the link, you're into their web, as I call it, of fraud. So don't click on the link look them up with the central bank and also uh, put in the search bar independently. Yeah,
0: that's a good piece of advice. And then the when you see products, and again, coming up to Christmas, everybody looking for that bargain buy, something on sale at a rock bottom price online should raise alarm bells.
1: If it, too good to be true. It, it is. is too good to yeah. be true. And I, I know this morning listeners may be aware uh, of a big national story running this morning on um, ghost insurance companies yeah. offering people knockdown rates of insurance. Again, they the the fraudsters led them through the web of the social media advertising. You know you can get adverti- or you can get your car insurance at you know fifty percent cheaper than other suppliers. We all know that car insurance can be very expensive. The bill comes around. We're worrying about paying for it, and this looks really attractive. And as as, as some of the reporters said this morning, the rate looked far too good to be true. You've got to wonder what's going on. So again, with online shopping. Um, few key pieces of advice don't click on the social media ad go into your web web search and enter the company independently you really should be looking for companies that are well known or recommended from your friends now i know we have smaller producers and companies online that are, are very very authentic so just enter it in your search bar independently that's the first thing uh you need to look for the padlock sign. So when you're buying something online, you need to be on a secure website. And there's two things that will tell you whether you're on a secure website. When you enter a company name or a website address on your online, a little padlock will come up if that's a secure site. If, that's not a, if there's no padlock on it, you should not be purchasing on that site. And the other thing is, you know when we have the HTTPS, yeah. if there's no S, you've got to be worried as well. So okay. think of S, Security. So your padlock and your HTTPS are important things to look out for when you're shopping online. The other thing is you should not make payments when you're on a public Wi-Fi system. So what do I mean by that? You're sitting in the airport or you're sitting perhaps in a train station, and you're drawing down the public Wi-Fi. You don't want to use your three G or your four G because you're worried that it's eating up your data on your phone. It's fine if you're just browsing the news or looking for something that's very generic and you're not doing online transactions but if you're on your personal bank account or if you're purchasing something you should not be on a public wi-fi system when you're doing that because it's not secure and that is an area that fraudsters can easily dip into uh they have their antennae up and they're the kind of domains and areas and spheres of online activity in which they feel is fertile and ripe for them so people may not be aware of that you're doing a transaction if you're transferring money if you're checking your account if you're on your phone don't do it on a public wi-fi area okay,
0: that's good advice that's good
1: so of they're kind of the things to look out for but i always say to people the phone is a very good is a very good rule of thumb there are other you know fraud. Uh, text messages
0: there. Olivia I mean text messages scam text messages and phone calls we seem to be hearing about them almost on a daily basis even today when I mentioned that you were coming on uh, somebody had got a phone call and I think it was from, from Guyana it was one of those ones that you know she'd actually answered it but then there was no one at the end of the line the, the hope is that you'll call them back there's yeah. just so many of those scams doing the rounds as well.
1: There's so many and almost all of us at some point in time have seen those numbers flash from South America or Asia Pacific or somewhere that is far, far away and we should not answer them, we should not engage with them. The fraudsters are constantly chancing their arm, dreaming up new schemes and becoming more authentic looking. Um, and I think that's, that, that's the area that we're really worried about It's where it's authentic looking. You know, I had a number of people on to FraudSmart this week. Um, a man, 71 years of age, got a phone call from somebody pretending to be a utility company, a broadband company, said to him there was, you know, risks and bugs in the system and there was an issue in the area and they wanted to fix it and get into his computer and we he give them online access. He gave them online access. They got access to his bank account. Uh, and they, they took the money out. Now, he oh was he God. was compensated. There was, a, 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 as he said himself, there was a, a kind of a resolution and there was a, a happy ending, if you could call it that, to his circumstance. But if you get a call from somebody pre- saying they're utility company, again, say, I'll, I'll ring you back in a moment, mm. and you take out your bill and you ring the utility company. Yeah. Um, I'll just give you one more example. Okay. Another woman who called me uh, this week, uh, two pensioners, husband and wife, Saving for some time, needed a break, um, and were going away for a month to Spain. Saw an ad online uh, for a holiday company, booked it online, engaged with the advert, booked it, gave their money, transferred the money into an account. An IBAN number was given. And then a couple of weeks before the holiday, just rang the holiday company in Spain to say, look, we're arriving just checking taxis and buses and things near you. And they said, oh, no, not another one. They said, the apartment that you've booked, we do not have apartments in that area of Spain. You have been defrauded of 1,800 euro, Um, which the couple had been saving for some time, needed a break, needed a rest, um, because they clicked on an ad and were led and duped into this web. So the fraudsters can pretend to look like real companies. So again, don't click on the ad. Research the company. Pick up the phone and ring the company and do some research. And the not, I... extra five or ten minutes can save you hundreds of euro, And the stress... Of all of that yeah. and the annoyance of it and, as well and as I always
0: like. hate when I hear of older people because you can just take their confidence away even if they get sorted out as you say financially with that man in his 70s but it just can knock their confidence uh, completely but a lot of people are, are making a, a similar point all of these scams that are going on you know many of them are, are electronic transfers like you say you know the IBAN was, was put in why can't they be tracked down those fraudsters?
1: Well I think they have be, first of all they're global organisations so you could have somebody who is using somebody to front their account. So the person who's fronting it, they've got somebody to front this bank account, but the person behind them is could be ha- perhaps paying an innocent person to set up a bank account. That person has been duped, and the fraudster, meanwhile, is busy behind the scenes. Like we know that one of the huge areas, and again, we'll be doing a campaign on this in December, is um, fraud muling. So a lot of young people being duped. By fraudsters into, you know, can we use your account? We'll put money in it. You can earn commission and we want to use your account. We want you to go into the bank and set up an account. Uh, the, the, the student is a very, it's, they think they're an innocent party. They're not. Uh, it will affect their credit rating and their record and so much about them. That's but shocking. the fraudsters are up to every scam in the book yeah. and are very, very technically advanced. They're, when it comes to technology, they are innovative yeah. because they we are we know that they're global businesses.
0: That's why I say I wish that they'd use their intelligence for something else. But Absolutely. there's obviously there's a but lot of a money. Real, there's a lot a of money more, to be made in this.
1: A lot of money and that's where the attractiveness is for yeah. them. We know that Guardi are working with police across the world. The European agenda is going very strong on this and people like the Banking Federation through our Fraud Smart campaign, we're working with the Guardi every week, uh, sending out messages and alerts with the central bank. But I think there's a lot of work that lies ahead and all of us together uh, having to work harder to uh, really against this. And one piece of other advice for people who receive a scam uh, and they may luckily not have been duped or if they have been defrauded, it really is important to report this. So you can go to fraudsmart.ie and you can send your details to us at the Banking Federation. You should tell your local guard the station or... um, the Garda.ie online or ring the central bank. Yeah, because I think
0: sometimes people are are embarrassed when they realise that they've been cut out, uh, Olivia, and for that reason they don't report and it is important that they report.
1: It is, and they don't have to make it public. Like I, some of the people who rang me during the week said, please don't use my name, I wouldn't tell my story in public, but I would like to make the Garda aware of what has happened and also, I would like to make other people aware, because when, when when, you've had it happen to yourself, you know, you want to pass on that message and information and alert. It's important that people report it, even if they don't want to be publicly associated with it, and no one will ever put them under pressure to do that. Of course, we will respect people's confidentiality. But by people alerting us to scams, it allows the guardy to start gathering information and working, you know, with other police forces or working with the different bureaus in Ireland who are working on this uh, on an an hourly basis because we're seeing more and more of it. We're doing more online. The fraudsters are getting busier and I think we have a big job of work to do ahead but we all need to work together on this.
0: Okay we'll talk again uh, Olivia you're always a mind of information thank you for that and thanks, thanks for joining much. us uh, good morning to you and uh, it's Olivia Buckley and by the way Olivia's, the web's, the web, Olivia's own website fraudsmart.ie excellent excellent uh, website and I direct you to that if you want to get any further information than what we've just been talking about but that's Olivia Buckley Head of fraud. Prevention with Fraud Smart. 1850 333 103. John Paul is taking your course. You can text our WhatsApp uh, 086 2103 103. 103. And, just, and just see breaking news coming in. We'll have more of this, no doubt, on the news at 12. Uh, up to 16 people have been found alive, thank God, in the back of a truck on a ferry en route to Rosslare Port in County Wexford. But the good news is they've all been found
4: alive. Hi, Nick Richards here from C103's afternoon show. Santa. On his way, and he wants to talk to Cork kids. Ho, ho, ho! Ho, ho,
5: ho. I just can't wait to talk to you all on Cork's greatest
4: hits, C103. The countdown to the big day is on, so don't miss your chance to talk to the big man himself. It's so easy. Simply go to c103.ie and fill out the special entry form for your chance to get a Christmas call from Santa.
5: With World of Wonder, Blackpool and Mallow for toys that spark imagination and joy. World of WorldofWonder.ie Get ready for Santa's Christmas calls. I could be talking to you with Nick Richards in the afternoon only on C103.
4: This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Listen to C103 on your phone. Download the C103 app today. Go to the Google Play Store for Android or iTunes for iPhone and search C103 Cork. Download it today and listen straight away to C103. Record today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 086 103
0: And um, we're going to Kinsale Garda Station for this week's uh, Garda Fire where I'm joined by Garda James uh, O'Mahony who, while I was celebrating 20 years on air doing this programme, Garda James O'Mahony has been there from the
7: start. <laughs> good,
0: mo- good, good morning to you, James. Good
7: morning, Patricia. You're yes,
0: doing you're doing the Garda File 29 years as well. 29 years
7: this year. <laughs> 90, 1990s. This is this. That's unreal. It's
0: it's unreal. Well, it's, yeah. great. it's good to have you still along.
7: Ah, it's great to be around Patricia Forrest. Oh. We're, Thank God And we're not even healthy. That's, that's the, thing that's
0: the, the thing. important thing. Okay, yeah. now you want to uh, talk firstly about cars being entered into. And I've seen some video footage of people who have CCTV footage on their houses. I've yeah. seen people post it up online. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like gangs are going around just checking cars, is it?
7: I think now, this, yeah, this is very important, Patricia, for all our listeners this morning. It, it, we're 29 years and I think in 29 t- years time, about this subject as well in the Garda file. During the week, Patricia, from last Sunday to this present day, and as we speak, there are still calls coming in about. We have a total of, throughout County Cork, 37 cars entered. 37, Patricia. Right from Killer, uh, Middleton, uh, Carrie Toole, Rat Cormac, Ballycotton, Fermoy, Mitchestown, Charleville, McCroom last night, and in Shannon last night. Right, 37 cars. And the amazing thing, the, 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 the sad thing about all this is that out of the 37, nearly all of them were insecure. They weren't locked, Patricia. So you have to... Parked in wrong.
0: somebody's driveway, outside somebody's Correct. house, and people just run into the house and they leave the car unlocked. Just
7: in and live... That, 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 all the cars, nearly... Literally all of those cars of the 37 that we know so far have been unlocked. So I'm appealing this morning, a special appeal this morning, to the citizens of Cork City and County to do please lock your car and to remove all items from the seats because they're obviously these people are targeting cars that are unlocked and they're just driving around, driving into driveways at the, probably the early hours of the morning and opening the cars nice and handy. And once the cars open, they're happy. And, and are they getting items? They are, they are. They have got items, uh, Patricia, unfortunately. And naturally enough, they've got personal items and they've got cash and love compartments and all that, like, you know. And, uh, you know, you can take, for instance, a driving licence, maybe it might be inside there.
8: Uh, oh, God, a awesome yeah. thing. God, yeah. You
7: know? And with criminals, that's a valuable thing for them to to, to to get their hands on. And then, of course, then you have a lot of personal items, naturally often glove compartments and all that.
0: Yeah, thing. and people often leave cash inside uh, the uh, They be have honest. got cash as well indeed.
7: Yeah. As I said, 37 cars. It's, it's, um, in my time, in the 29 years I've been involved in this programme, I've never seen such that a many of cars. Uh, yeah. So please do listen to us. And especially was talking to James O'Donovan this morning, the crime prevention officer, and he was just saying, and it's a very good point he made to me as well before I came on air because he was telling me about other in Macroom last night. Christmas coming now, Patricia, people will have presents in cars yeah. and a very easy prey again. And these people will will, will will try and get try and get as uh, much as possible out of, 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 of a car. And Christmas presents will be targeted, I've no doubt. Yeah,
0: I heard of somebody who had over €500 Euro worth of presents stashed mm-hmm. in the boot of the car. Yeah. Uh, and they were... Put there for storage reasons and to keep away from prying eyes, etc. Yeah. And uh, left the car unlocked. Car got broken into. Yeah. The, they just popped the boot, yeah. you know, and everything gone.
7: Yeah. shocking. That's it. And these people are definitely doing this. This is what their target is. That they, they realise now that there's there's unlocked cars there, and since last Sunday. Thirty-seven cars, riding from right from killer right back to Shannon, and, and that Yeah, well, the
0: system. video, the video clip I saw, uh, the CCTV footage, it was looked like a gang of three young fellows. It looked like, and they were literally just going from car to car to car, just exactly. check, just seeing which door was open, and they moved on. You know That's what I mean? Right. And so yeah. they just yeah. went to the ones that they they weren't going to make this difficult for themselves. That's they right. just went to the cars that were opened and in they went in. As you say, anything of value is gone. And if Be you look at the
7: two picture what they're doing is they're probably doing it in areas that there's no CCTV. Yeah, you know, That's yeah. The See, they're picking houses that I know there's no CCTV as far as possible Like, but uh, uh, not enough thankfully that there's uh, some house houses have them do have them yeah. yeah. so
0: I mean I think back in the day 29 years ago when we started when we used to be talking about cars being broken into it was the radio cassettes at the time that's they right. were quite valuable but that's, that's, right. gone. that's gone so now it's 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 what you're leaving in the car it, it's is. money
7: it's cash it's yeah. jewellery it's presents yeah. you know yeah.
0: okay you want to talk about uh, a break in in Menan Bridge that's
7: right At fan in Bridge there uh, on Friday Last Friday, today, two weeks, or Friday the 8th of November, a premises there, Patricia, was broken into, and a number of tools were taken. Now the Gardaí in Kinsale are investigating this one in Menagh Bridge in. in the outside of Kinsale,
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, you want to give advice today, uh, James, to parents uh, about switching off the mobile phones. I saw a piece yeah. yesterday where they're showing that bullying in school is decreasing, thank God. I think the message is getting through to teachers, the message is getting through to children that it's not OK to bullying. But the bigger problem we have is there's an increase in online bullying, which exactly. doesn't happen in school. It happens at home.
7: Yeah, and uh, firstly, if I was talking to you again, we'll go back 29 years, we were talking with the authorities that school happened down the street, but now it's the social media. And I'm getting more and more uh, parents, Patricia, coming up to me saying that their children, and I, I've looked at cases actually where the children are being bullied, not what, what, what most children are doing now, uh, uh, are looking at their phones throughout the night. And what I'm saying to parents here this morning is like, you know, uh, please do try and put a time limit. I, I was talking to a parent there recently now, and to give an example, and I'm only trying out there, where she said, in my house, this is our rule. I have a basket, she said, at 9.30 every night. She has three children all going to secondary school. Them phone she like, goes into that basket until 7.30 in the morning. Okay. That's the rule of their house. Now, if you took that as, as an example, if at all possible, I, I know every parent will have their own rules. But I thought, I said to myself, gee, that's a wonderful rule. Like, you know, And that, that's enforced 100%, she said. That, there's no way, she said, if they're looking for credit or something like that, if they disobey the rule, they get no credit. And if well done,
0: well done, because God knows we have seen some, and I've interviewed some parents, very tragic cases of young lives lost right. because of bullying oh, and absolutely. because of online bullying. And the mean and awful things that young people can say to each other online and their keyboard warriors, things they'd never say to a young person's face. Yeah. But when you're doing it at home, they're the big, brave Men and women, they think that they can say what they like and it's just, it's dreadful, dreadful. Yeah, I was
7: talking to a 16-year-old girl recently, right, and she was being bullied, and she told me that in an average in the night time, and, and this is why I throw just in an average in the night time, she'd get four and a half hours sleep because she kept going, they have likes in this phone. I'm not into social media by any means. I'm not into it at all, actually, to be honest with you, because I'm that age. But, my God, tonight, four and a half hours sleep because she kept looking to see what are they saying now about me.
0: God help her.
7: So you, you know, you have to lie. So it's it is a major, major time. I'm just thrown <laughs> out there this morning. We could do a whole programme in it, Patricia, I'm sure. Oh right. like, you know,
0: and we have so many yeah. really good, decent young people, and I know in West Cork you were honouring some of them recently.
7: That's right, Patricia. And I'd like just briefly to call out, you know, exactly, ninety nine percent again have often twenty fourth year at the West Cork Cockard Youth Awards in association with our Super Value. and I'd just like to just call out some of the winners, Patricia. Please in the do. next minute or two. Overall winners, we had Sarah Fitzgerald, Kinsale, Katie O'Callaghan, Bandon, Sheehan, McCroom, Idel Hayes, Ross Carberry, Andrew O'Connor, uh, Goline, uh, Alicia O'Sullivan, Castlehaven. And then we had district winners, Patricia. We had Michelle O'Donovan and Bandon. In Bantry, we had uh, Syve Redmond from Ballydehob In Clannacilty, we had Sophia Lee Leahy from Skibbereen. In McCroom, we had Fionn Crowley from Terrellton McCroom. The group award went to the FROIGA members of McCroom FROIGA Club. The, the community safety award, very interesting we're talking about social media. They've done a wonderful thing. they called the 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 project that they've done. Virtually connected, socially disconnected, cast down bear. it was all about media and and, and the the effects on media and, on, on young social people. Social media, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I thought they they called themselves the group was virtually connected but socially disconnected. Yeah. I right. quite true, actually. yeah. then yeah. uh, the special achievement award we had Kiran Hoy from Inishan with Elton Sebanda from Mill Street. And then we had two wonderful people outstanding contributions to the Youth Award. These are people that would have given adults, that would have given 20-plus 20, 20 years to the uh, development of young people in the West Cork area. And we had Garoda Haleha from Coil the Matra, and then we had Nellie Cotter from Skoll. And these people had gone wonderful service. And it was a wonderful... Uh, Ceremony there on the 8th, uh, the 8th of November in, in the Celtic Grass and Ross uh, And it goes to show that if you were at the, the, these awards every year, the astonishment, the, the, the amount of goodness that's out there and the amount of positively with young people.
0: Well, long may that continue.
7: Long may it continue. All
0: so, right, uh, James, a pleasure as always. Yeah. We'll talk again. Thank, Thank you, for, you for that. And Thank uh, thanks for joining us. That is uh, Garda James and Mahoney Kinsale
5: Garda. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
0: Some of your calls and texts coming in. Firstly, uh, responding to our piece with Garda James O'Mahony from Kinsale Garda Station on this week's uh, Garda File. Uh, when we were talking about the number of break-ins, 37 cars entered since last Sunday, mainly at night time, and the majority of them not locked. Just, it's an incredible statistic. And I was making the point that I saw some video footage somebody posted it up on online. I don't know if it was on a Facebook post but you could clearly see these three guys their hoods up. Couldn't make out now who they were, but maybe people who would know them, you know, living locally, people may know them by their walk or by what they were wearing. I don't know, but they were, you know, just going from car to car to car. And it was just on a CCTV that was on somebody's house, and they picked them up just in that little section uh, where the houses were, and, and they, they just checking cars, and they were just going into cars when they'd. Open the door and if it opened, they, they'd they get into the car and have a nose around and see what was in there. Mary says, uh, could you please, please, please ask why those car robbers aren't picked up and arrested? Surely the video footage could be used put the video footage up on TV at a set time every evening so that people can be identified ASAP and then dealt with, says Mary. Love the show. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Well, a little bit like what they do on Crime Call so the, is that Crime Call is that programme still going where RT and they, they show and they put up various pieces of video footage so they have used it but I don't know all the time if the video footage is, is clear enough but they're doing their best they're trying to catch them they're out and about the Gardaí would say they just don't have enough Gardaí on the beat and then when we were talking also in the last hour about scams that are going on and the and that's even an even bigger worry because there's huge sums of money going out of people's bank accounts to these scam artists. Is anybody trying to catch these scammers and bring them to justice? Says a, a texter. And John says all those scam callers should be arrested by now. There doesn't seem to be any law for them. Well, and I did I did put that point. I did. If you were listening to me, I did put that point to Olivia from Fraud Smart. But they're ahead of the game the whole time and many of them are overseas it's very hard to track them down but they're just they keep a pace they're ahead all the time and, and, and that's why they're so clever at what they do and then they're talking about you know they open bank accounts they're getting mules they're getting young people to open bank accounts and I'll be interested to talk with her and she says they're going to be doing a piece they're going to be doing trying to put a focus on that uh, next month but uh, you know I can never understand if it's done from one bank account to another bank account why can't it be tracked down because Joe makes an interesting point if you go to open a bank account you have to produce proof of address and anyone that leaves a third party to use their account surely is complicit they're not all as innocent as portrayed kind regards says Joe certainly in this country it's almost impossible to open a bank account I don't know if it's the same though in other countries and a lot of that money is going out of the country I mean the call for example that I got during the week was scam artists in Central Africa somebody else was all about Guyana uh, and there's parts of Asia and it's just it's, they're just in other countries and I don't know if it's, uh, if it's as difficult but you are right it is extremely difficult to open a bank account and I know I was only dealing with it in the summer this year when my niece Izzy came back from England to live with us and, and we went to open a bank account and it was just impossible I, fe- I felt as one stage as if we were criminals there was just not a hope in hell because she hadn't been living in this country she didn't have a utility bill in her name even though she was After getting a job in the credit union, it didn't matter. She was not able to open a bank account thankfully with working in the credit union she's able to get an account there but yeah it was it's really really hard and you would think that that's all been done to protect us but it doesn't when the money goes out of the country it goes out of the country and that is it thank you for your text Joe, to 0862 103 103. we were talking about street lights a listener sent on a picture saying I know that there is a need for street lights but really this takes the biscuit what about pedestrians who are wheelchair users and she sent on a photograph of a pole that is right in the middle of a footpath. And I'm open to correction, but I'm I'm assuming that's at the bottom of as you're approaching Mallow Bridge, coming down from Bally Heen. It's literally slap bang in the middle of the footpath. It's a street light and obviously it needs to be well lit. It's a busy junction. But if you were in a wheelchair, you there's no way you'd fit. If you had a child in a buggy, there's no way you would fit. The only thing is the the fence going along the side that's a derelict site now unless when that if that site gets developed they can widen the footpath a little bit but yeah it does seem to be a ludicrous place to have put a street light at for sure 185333103 and thank you to a couple of people who have contacted us, and John Poston, he got some calls in as well. When I mentioned this lovely sergeant, Dan Murphy, who's about to retire from Newmarket Garda Station after 38 years of service, and instead of having a retirement due, he's having a due, but you've got to pay to go, he's having a fundraising night for Cancer Connect And I just thought it was what an honourable, generous thing to do. And what a good guy this man sounds like because he's a volunteer driver with Cancer Connect as well. Anyway, some people know Sergeant Dan Murphy. I want to recognise how good he is. Phyllis and Dunmanway says, a long and a happy retirement uh, is my sincerest wish for Sergeant Dan Murphy that you mentioned earlier, Patricia. He is an absolute gentleman. But congratulations also to his lovely wife, Mary. Behind every good man, there's always a good good woman. And Mary is that. Good luck to the Murphy family and and Patricia, yes, Dan will be busier than ever. And what a wonderful thing to do for his retirement, says Phyllis in Domamo. Yeah, I think it is as well. And I don't know if I've ever heard of anybody. Maybe others have done it in the past. I, I don't know. I think it's a terrific thing to do. Well done. And there was a couple of other texts in saying similar nice things, uh, saying good luck to Sergeant Dan Murphy. What a terrific idea. Wouldn't it be a lovely gesture, says this texter? if a few businesses or a garage got, to, got together and donated a minibus to Cancer Connect because the, this fundraiser that they're having in the Highland in Newmarket, now it's to go towards Cancer Connect but what the long-term goal is that perhaps they could purchase a car or a minibus which would take the cancer patients to and from the hospitals which, which would be great so that's kind of the long term uh, goal and when I mention Cancer Connect Hi Patricia Cancer Connect and all of their volunteers they deserve medals for all that they do without those wonderful people I don't know how I would have got through this last year they along with Ark House have been and continue to be a godsend to me God bless them all well done well done they're, they're a wonderful wonderful they're a terrific charity they really are It is time to do this, and it's by text. Okay, it's twelve twenty-one. I'm giving you until twelve thirty. Okay, twelve thirty is the cutoff. Uh, so just under ten minutes to get texting if you want to win a pair of tickets to go along and see Diana Ross live at the Marquee next June. Oh eight six two one zero three one zero three. Text us, please. And we will randomly select somebody and I might give that person a quick call to share the good news with them. So stay by your phone as well. So get texting. And it is a say by text only. And we have another pair of tickets that we will give away tomorrow. But let's give away today's first live at the Marquee, June the 25th. Tickets, by the way, are going on sale on the 25th of November, which is next Monday nine o'clock and you could go ahead to ticketmaster.ie if you want to buy the tickets. But we have the very, very first of the tickets uh, to give away um, very kind of Aiken Promotions and uh, we thank th- we thank them for it. Now, we we've got one listener who doesn't want his name called out, which is fine, who is kind of like the historian, I feel, of the programme. And he's great to keep us up to date with what happened on this day so many years ago and all of that and he writes to me today to say uh, today November the 21st is the anniversary of the birthday in 1887 of 1916 leader Joseph Mary Plunkett about whom? As we all know, that beautiful song, Grace, was written. It's also, by the way, it's another musical connection here, it's also the anniversary of the death in 1695 of one of England's most prestigious musicians, a Londoner by the name of Henry Purcell. I don't know if I know who Henry Purcell is, but by all accounts, he's interred next to the organ in Westminster Cathedral. OK, thank you for that. But uh, we remember in particular Joseph Mary Plunkett and that song, Grace, is just... I I get upset nearly every time I hear it and Rod Stewart and Rod Stewart's version of it you know and I remember when I heard Rod Stewart was going to do a version of it I was a bit nervous and oh God I hope to God that he does this justice and in fairness to the man he absolutely did he does a great great version uh, of it uh, for sure on Cancer Connect Kevin in Crosshaven listening to the gang in Newmarket for that fundraiser for Cancer Connect Uh, where is our government in all of this they are spending billions Three billion, to be precise, on broadband. But why not put money into these services so people can avail of them? Yeah, yeah. how right you are. But you see, services like Cancer Connect are, the government will say, we provide the hospitals, we provide the service, we've got the doctors and we've got all the technology and all of that. And you've got, if you want to be looked after, if you want to get the treatment, then you've got to get to us. We can't come out and bring you. You've got to make your own way in. And for for many of us, yeah, we'll agree to that and say, okay, let's go, we'll make our own way in. But it isn't always possible for everyone to be able to make it in. And a lot of the people who... who Cancer Connect help to bring to all of the hospitals for their respective treatment are people who can live in very rural areas. It can be older people who maybe are no longer driving, maybe never drove, whose family are no longer living near them. Not everybody has family living nearby to take them to and from appointments. How often have we heard of fractured families where we don't always have families Let's see eye to eye with everyone all of all these families. We're talking to each other so they're not available to take mommy or daddy if they need to go to the hospital. And then you know when when it's cancer treatment, particularly with the radiation, that's you've got to go every day. I think it's is it five days a week, and that can go on for weeks while you're getting the treatment. And that can be a huge commitment for any family member to drive somebody up and up and down. And that's where these terrific volunteers come in, and they just give up of their time and they do it. They turn up at the door, they pick up the patient and great friendships, I imagine, are formed as well. I know there's buses, some buses operation. I know there's great solidarity between other cancer patients in helping each other as well. It is it is terrific. So anything we can do to support Cancer Connect, I'm always first out of the traps to say, yeah, send me in the details only to happy uh, to mention it. But Kieran in Crosshaven is right. If we lived in an ideal world, We would have Cancer Connects all over the country and they would be funded by the state. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is. And we rely, as we do for many, many different areas of our life in this country, we rely on volunteers and long may volunteerism continue because it is the backbone of this country. It really is. People do the most incredible work as volunteers and many of them do it quietly. You'll never get to hear about the great work that they are doing and that's what makes this country great. It, re- it really does. Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three. 103 James, I've noticed from uh, I have noticed from a semi-state body and a medical practice that calls are coming up as unknown as people generally won't answer these calls. So naturally, because 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 of all the scams, people aren't answering now unknown numbers. A good idea for businesses is to show the number and not hide it. I didn't realise that the semi-state bodies are are using unknown numbers. But you're right, people are getting cagey now of unknown numbers. Uh, And some people won't answer. I've, I've seen that, I know of, because I know we have one phone here that we can, that there's just one phone line in here to the studio, i in the out in the office with John Paul that comes up as an unknown number and John Paul says he needs to have one if he wants to ring somebody from an unknown number but sometimes if you ring from that people you are that you're trying to get through to won't answer because there there are some people are nervous about unknown numbers and we're not saying that all unknown numbers are scam calls because of course they're not. 1850 333 103 we have about three minutes I'm looking at the clock in front of me three minutes left on this. Okay, and it is by text only, please. Oh eight six two one oh three one oh three. Text only. Uh, we'll go tomorrow by the phones, but uh, text only today. And in the middle of all the texts that have come in for Diana Ross, somebody said, "Does anybody know if uh, you if there would be one what?" Oh, sorry, I'll have to read that over again. Sorry, it was a query that came in. I thought it was about something else. I'll get to that in a moment. Let's do this. The C103
4: Cork Diary.
5: With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses. Supporting communities. Serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie.
4: North Cork Stroke
0: Group uh, are holding a meeting tonight. It's not tonight, I say this afternoon between 2 and 4 Neuropsychologist Marcia Ward and stroke survivor Lucy Martin will address the meeting between two and four today in the Gilbert Centre in Mallow. All are welcome. Coaction are holding their annual pre-Christmas food and craft fair at the Westlatch Hotel in Bantry this evening between 5 and 7. All the usual stalls will be there together with some new ones and some fabulous raffle prizes. Raffle tickets are currently on sale from Co-Action committee members and the Craft Fair is one of Co-Action's biggest fundraisers so your support gratefully appreciated. it. The next Lotto draw that's on this evening in Walsh's Bar jackpot tonight, €3,800. Gwail Scolina in Muskery in Blarney they're holding an open evening for parents that's on tonight between half six and half eight. And the Patrician Academy are presenting Back to the 80s. It's in St. Patrick's Boys National uh, School. It is on Wednesday the 11th and Thursday the 12th of December. The reason we mention it, tickets are on sale now and you can get them from the school office on 022 21884. Now, before we sort out who's uh, winning our Dana Ross tickets, I want to go to the phone lines because Martin Lane uh, joins me of the concerned citizens of uh, Mitchellstown. Good morning to you, Martin. Good morning. Uh, now, there sure. was the uh, uh, there was a district court hearing today for an application for a licence for a gaming arcade in Mitchellstown.
9: That's correct, yeah. Gaming Arcade Struck Casino.
0: Um, What's happened? It, uh,
9: we, it it, it was kicked uh, out. Uh, we won. Um, so, the the licence wasn't granted, so uh, we're very happy people in Mitchellstown today. Okay,
0: is this this was from Perks?
9: it was indeed.
0: Yeah, was Perks sort of, Promotions uh, Mitchellstown Limited, Mitchell's I think, is is, Limited, is is is, is, is correct, the name yeah. the name of the company. And uh, what they they had applied before Martin?
9: Mm, no, they'd never applied for this before. This uh, the the original application for planning for this went in on in December 2017. Okay. Um, 34 odd years ago, uh, there was a planning within by a different um, uh, company altogether and the local people in Mitchelstown through the help of local solicitor John Brooks got the the the, he got the gaming and other acts re- rescinded for Mitchelstown that time. And what happened this time is that there was a challenge to that uh, act whether it was ever put in place, but the judge fell down on the part of Cork County Council and or today, saying that yes the you know, as far as he was concerned, the Game and Lottery Act for Mr Thomas was not in his jurisdiction to grant the life.
0: Yeah, because we were always of the belief that the because of the bylaws and what happened back in the early 80s, it would mean in effect that no further gaming licence would ever be handed out in Mitchellstown. Wasn't that the belief? Yeah. Yeah. And that's now been held up in court? It has been held up in court here today back in Yeah. Okay, And people were very concerned about this, Martin, in Mitchellstown?
9: There was an awful lot of concern in Mitchellstown about it because, uh, Tricia, we already have um, three major bookmakers planted on our main street in Mitchellstown. Uh, The last thing that the town needed was a, a casino as well. And um, it's like a, a gentleman said to me two weeks ago, he says, "Martin, he says, I had a pain in my tooth the other day, and I rang a dentist, and it was taking me two to three weeks to get an appointment." And yes, you can go and have a bet anywhere in this town at any time.
0: You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's unfortunate. That it really, really is uh, unfortunate. Okay, so happy, happy group of people, particularly the concerned citizens of Mitchellstown
9: Yes, delighted and delighted for all the up-and-coming children that I have myself. That uh, they they won't have this branded uh, casino in in their faces every time they're muddled the fads, bring them down to the town shopping.
0: And anyone who's been battling a addic- has battled addiction yeah, with course, gambling yeah, those, will know those,
9: will know how. People well, okay,
0: yeah. all right, Martin. Listen, thank you for that, and thanks uh, for for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much, Patricia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I'm a happy man there, Martin Lane, Chairman of the Concerned Citizens of uh, Mitchellstown. Now, you can stop texting us, please, on our Diana Ross uh, tickets. I am going to the phone lines where Lillian Darcy from Bantry joins me. Good afternoon, Lillian. Well, hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. How are you today?
8: Not too bad, working hard
0: here in the Care for the AIDS Charter Shop in Bantry, oh.
8: Euro sale on, so Oh, and have you?
0: Everybody head in, bargains to be had. It's fabulous
8: stuff here and beautiful staff and everything, Yes. Yeah. Do so, you work there full time? I, I work a few half days, three half days a week.
0: Well done, well done. So now,
8: 18 of us all together volunteers, so...
0: And you have the radio on in the background...
8: We had the radio. I'll turn it yeah, it's on the back. Oh, it's on the background, of course.
0: Yeah. And you were listening out for the Diana Ross, so you could text I in. It. Oh
8: my God, she's lovely. Yeah. Now, she's how a big fan. a f- how big a fan are you? Well, I saw. I would say it's about thirty years ago in the ODS in Dublin. <laughs> you, at least about thirty years. I just love her. that's chain reaction. Yeah. class <laughs> lessons to chain reaction.
0: You can't help but kind of start foot tapping when chain reaction comes on. You can't help but get up and dance.
8: It is a great, I've been doing a few exercises, so it's great.
0: <laughs> so you'd like to win a pair of tickets oh, oh to go see her goodness, next year? I would really would love to. Well, yes. I, I can tell you, your name came out of the hat, and you have what? won a pair oh, of tickets. My, oh
8: my goodness, that's definitely chain reaction. <laughs> that's fantastic,
0: You're thank you. Live in the marquee. it's on June the 25th. Who will you bring with you? Well,
8: my husband actually, because I kind of met him the night before we saw her, so <laughs> he'll come with me
0: and say <laughs> We went Did you? We 30 years ago, ah, yeah. Ah, it can be a little bit of an anniversary smooch and all be, that. Yeah, it will actually, yeah. Well, well listen, enjoy it. We'll be in contact with you about the prize. Thank you and, uh, so much. We'll let you get back Thank to you. work. You're welcome. No oh, problem. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. There's a, there's a lady. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lillian Darcy from, from Bantry. And hi to everybody. The care of the aged charity shop in Bantry, which is a big Euro sale on. On a bag of bargain, head down there. Uh, Hi to the gang uh, there who are working hard. Those Diana Ross tickets, they go on sale next Monday morning. They've very aching, very kindly given us the first of the tickets uh, before they officially go on sale next Monday morning from 9am ticketmaster.ie. And we have one final pair to give away tomorrow for the legend that is Diana Ross. And she is bringing her top of the world tour to live at the Marquee next June. So stick around for that. Tomorrow, please, your chance to win. 1850 333 103. And thank you. Huge, can I say, there's an absolutely massive reaction to Diana Ross. She seems to have a really, really huge, huge number of fans. And I have a funny feeling over the next four weeks, we are going to get a big reaction to a competition that we are kicking off Next Monday morning, we are giving away in total €5,000 worth of shopping vouchers. We have split them up into... 10 prizes oh sorry it runs over 2 weeks we split them up into 10 prizes so what we're saying is that C103 we've got your Christmas covered you could win a 500 euro all for one voucher you can spend it all on yourself or you can pass it around and share it out with family and uh, friends you can just go off on a great big festive shopping spree from next Monday what do you need to do you need to listen in at 9 at 2 and at 5 each day And Christmas bells will ring. They'll ring at nine, they'll ring at two, and then they'll ring at five. You have to count the Christmas bells. So there's going to be a different number of Christmas bells every day. So you count them at nine, make a note of it. Count them at two, make a note of it. Count them at five. Add the three numbers together. You've got your bells for the day and then we'll let you know What you have to do to text or to WhatsApp in for your chance to uh, win. And remember, download the C103 app to your phone now to make sure in case you're out on the move that you'll be able to listen in at nine, two and five. You'll be able to listen no matter where you are. That is C103's Christmas Covered with Dennis and Mary Ryan with the new 2020 C5 Aircross. It's arrived. It's open seven days. See rhines.ie. 1850 333 103. Jane Pickett, our resident vet, is joining us live in studio. If you have a pet question, get it in, please. You can ring John Paul at 1850 333 103. Or you can text or WhatsApp to 0862 103 103. <laughs>
5: Eg følger mig, quit den ene her, isfarlen. Shae Truer, C103 Air Kirkig.
3: Vi er her Cork Public Museum i Borkedig Big Så vi er at aha det cooligt. a specielt et guine allen denga her. Lige når museumet er i Baim er en Corkig Marvale Mount Ishach. Agas Horodian Godon vi det her, godt ondt at holde a I det indholdte, det er en kraft er alle onvare, både antoine onhoma on Egypt orsa, Agas så on rig. Tirsier er en stær public museum, Agas så er C103 er This is
5: the court
0: today replay on C103 And Jane Pickett of the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, is in studio. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Hi there. And you are very welcome. Anyone with questions, get them in, please. 1850 333 103 or you can text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Let me go straight to Derek, who was on to say he's Labrador. 15 year old Labrador has gotten very tired and is limping. Would you have any idea why? Is it
3: just down to old age? I suppose in part it can be. A 15-year-old Labrador is is doing very well. well. I might say to get to that age and be still motoring around, that's really great. It's a sign of a, a well-cared-for dog, as it were. Um, I think Derek's concerns are very valid. Like when we see any change in our dogs and cats out of the ordinary, so slowing down, limping a little bit, mm. it's definitely time to take action. Now, it could be a few different things. So, slowing down and limping certainly yeah. sounds like we might have, let's say, either a, a, a muscular problem or most likely a joint problem. Very much like ourselves when we get a little bit older. Bit of arthritis. Conditions going on. like arthritis yeah. are exceedingly common in our older patients. Um, there's a lot we can do for that, though. There are a lot of, let's say, anti-inflammatories, pain reliefs that can improve their quality of life massively which are, without being much of a bother to give in a day. So they're quite low maintenance things. A lot of them are, let's say, liquids that you could mix into food, for example, or tablets. Um, and we do often see some people like the best report you can get is them coming back and saying, we gave him the tablets for a week and he's like a puppy again, <laughs> which certainly can be the case with a little bit of pain relief. It's like ourselves. If we feel sore, stiff, uncomfortable, the last thing we want to be doing is cavorting around, having fun. We just want to be still as as possible. Now, there are other things that can cause, let's say, stiffness, Um, whether it be uh, muscle pain or muscle wastage is really common. Very much like older people, their muscle mass will go down, which means that their limbs are just less able to move and Mm. robustly walk around without getting tired very quickly. And there's lots of things you can do as regards physiotherapy. And let's say your vet might be able to guide you as to gentle exercises you can guide your dog through to help build build up their muscle mass if that's appropriate. But one thing I'd say is the caveat in any older dog, if you've noted a change... That's not just limping. So you're reporting tiredness as well. Yeah, I would suggest a full health check with your vet so a lot of a lot of vets will run let's say geriatric pet clinics where we'll see them in have a good chat about their lifestyle give them a full physical exam the full MOT essentially and just you know that'll guide us as to whether investigations are required um, or if there's anything we can do to improve their quality yeah. of life see, I think people yeah.
0: get fearful I mean that's a much loved dog that's mm, been in their household for absolutely. 15 years and I think that's what happens people are saying I'll keep away from the vet because they're only going to give me bad news no. you don't always give that, bad news no.
3: Absolutely, and I think you know that breaks my heart when people feel like that. Yeah. Um And I sometimes people say to me, "Oh, you know, I don't bring my dog for the vet because we think you'll just end up putting him down," and yeah. that's not the case at all. Yeah. It's not something entered into lightly by any stretch. That would rarely
0: happen that someone would walk in with a dog and you going, "We need oh, to put him down." Absolutely, like rarity. decisions can be made absolute and all of that. It rarity. Yeah.
3: And I think really the reason that I, it breaks my heart so much hearing that people avoid the vet, particularly with older patients, is. Sometimes it's totally counterproductive. It's, it's so sad. Sometimes I might see them at the end of the line when they're quite in a, advanced through their disease process, it whatever it might earlier? be. If they had come earlier a little bit, sometimes there's things we can do to either slow down the progression or else to make them just feel a lot better themselves. Mm. I think with our older patients, what I always say to everyone is quality of life is king not quantity of life they don't kind of perceive day to day um, time what they know is here and now and how comfortable and happy they are and everything we can do to to help them maximise that time is is really key and that's
0: what every pet owner wants exactly absolutely we all just want the best for them pop along Derek and hopefully uh, your Labrador will have many many more years bounding around the place Pauline says question for Jane please we have a stray cat uh, with us for about two years well and healthy Uh, except she's been molting and I would say all year long. Is there anything we could give her like vitamins that could just be the type of breed that she Mm. is?
3: It could just be the type of breed if we're, let's say, a long-haired cat, as it were. Sometimes their molting is a little bit more obvious than a short-haired cat. One thing I'd just be a little bit curious about is if, let's say, she's a stray cat that's wandered in and is knocking around the place. I'd wonder if she has up-to-date, let's say, flea mite and lice treatment. Because sometimes we might not necessarily see cats scratching and biting and licking, but they might be losing hair. That's because they'll be doing it very secretively, and particularly with, let's say, semi-feral or stray cats that have wandered in. They're kind of used to a life on the road and are not particularly trusting of of humans. So they'll be even more secretive than your average pet cat inside in the house. I would suggest making sure that it's up to date with its flea uh, mice light treatment. The easiest way to do that is usually a spot on on the back of the neck and I'm assuming that they can get near the stray cat is probably mm. half adopted oh, well, I itself. I take from that they're living yeah. all very comfortably together. It's just I, molting is the problem. Molting is the problem. I would, I would make sure that we're up to date with the parasite treatment. If the molting continues despite that um, or if you notice any ball patches visit your vet for a full check over just to make sure it's nothing to worry about. Excessive molting in itself as long as it's not becoming mats, let's say um, and pulling or tugging on the skin and as long as it's coming free from the hair is, is not a major problem but if you are noticing year round and let's say if you've had cats before and this is striking you as something slightly yeah. unusual it probably is. Yeah. Um, so I think get up to date with your parasite treatment if it doesn't resolve visit your vet.
0: Yeah I know my sister had a white Persian cat. Mm, they're one beautiful. Of those, one of those cats you'd see on the, the cover of a box of chocolates. Yeah. Just absolutely Bad mm. nature though She was a horrible Horrible oh, really? cat I hate to say it <laughs> Nature wise Divas yeah. in their oh, own sense Oh she just loved herself <laughs> But she used to shed Like mad yeah. I mean she took An awful lot of grooming mm. I mean was well, that, awful lot of grooming Well that's another good point
3: Is that if, if this cat is Part of the family As it were Very comfortable yeah. being handled um, To avoid the hair Going all groom, over like your mad. house yeah. Groom And cats yeah. love it They really do It's just like Absolutely being cuddled really love it Yeah, yeah. Find, they, they really love it Speak to your um, Speak to your local vet Or your local groomer And you yeah. will be able to guide you As to what Because it is It can be annoying
0: If you're bringing pet hairs Everywhere I can. Yeah. I, I feel your pain mm-hmm. on that um, Hi question for Jane please We have a rescue dog 5 year old Bichon Shih Tzu mix Adored okay. by all in the family Aww. We have him 2 years now How can we stop him Barking at cars When they pass our house Our driver on the back of our house He jumps off on the back of the couches And just non-stop barking Now we've tried Spraying him with water You know that kind of shock treatment mm-hmm. He just licks his face He's actually laughing at us Oh
3: No <laughs> Well, the first thing I can say is I am overjoyed to hear that he's not outside chasing the cars. It sounds like you're being really responsible, keeping him inside and making sure that he can't do himself or the cars on the road any damage. So well done on that front for realising, realising that, you know. I think this little dog is just very happy with his little family. He's probably protecting his little family. So he sees the is driving across the road and thinks, oh, that's a big monster. That might be a threat to me and my family in here. I'm going to protect it. So I'm going to woof, woof, woof. And then the car obviously is going to disappear, drive past on the road. So he thinks, that's great. I've done my job. I'll do that again next time. And on on the cycle goes. So every time a car passes, it reinforces that behavior because he thinks he's done the right thing, protecting his family, shouting at the monster and the monster disappears. He thinks he's having a whale of a time doing a great job. But it's a bit frustrating for you. And I can totally understand that. Um, I think he probably is just laughing at you with the spraying of the water. Um, I normally recommend distraction, which can be a real challenge. If you can maybe limit his time where he's in the areas of the house where he can see the cars passing and jump up onto the back of the sofa to when you're there with him, if that is possible, I know in a lot of circumstances yeah. it might not be, then you can monitor when he's there and you can react to his behaviour when he's barking. The best thing to do is if you know those cars passing, if you can try and break that cycle of him you know it's a habit. scaring the monster away it's, it is a habit um if if he sees the the car passing and he starts barking call him by his name and distract him with something else if you if you've told him to let's say sit or lie down and get a treat then do that yeah call him away say sit sit Fido and give him a treat and eventually you might get to the point if you're very very good at it that when the car passes he'll jump down off the sofa and sit for you okay good luck with that luck it, w- with it that. will take it'll, work it'll it take w- a it'll lot, lot work. of work it will but take work if you can limit the time he's barking at yeah, those cars to when you're there and you can break the habit it's then that's s- and the and best. it's the
0: same with the postman you know the way some dogs say the postman thing. same thing, same thing. Uh, okay yeah. Dan in uh, Bandon Ivy Yorkie gave her a spot on for fleas and she broke out in a rash oh, uh, just okay. where the spot on went yeah. and then she broke out in, in hives managed to wash it off okay. Dan realised what was happening but wondering is that unusual reaction for a spot on 10 year
3: old female 10 year old female it can happen um, to be totally honest with you it can happen with spot ons very rarely in my experience in 6 years of practice I've seen it once with a product that I've dispensed and that's you know just look at the draw really Mm. it's exceedingly exceedingly rare and I suppose underneath that to have a reaction I would expect them to have a real skin sensitivity to be very either sensitive by nature with their skin or be allergic to one of the ingredients so I would say first and foremost I would change your spot on type
0: Uh, so there are other spot
3: ons there are plenty of spot ons available my second thing is it could just be bad luck with whatever product you've used and I would change change the product you've used. But if you have got your product from somewhere that's not, let's say, a vet, I would go and speak to your vet and maybe get a product that they have in stock. There's lots of products on the market. They should all work, but I can tell you that some work better than others. Okay. And some are perhaps a little bit less Harsh on the skin than others.
0: Well they all have common ingredients though going through them. Mm, should,
3: the yeah. ones that vets would have, we would all have they would all have similar ingredients. There's lots of different families of, of spot ons essentially. So they would all have similar ingredients. Um, but there's definitely ones if you had a problem with one we could change to a different family of an ingredient. Ones that are available elsewhere, it can be all sorts that's in them. And sometimes they'll know. work, sometimes they won't. Yeah. Um yeah. but I suppose the products that we would have as vets, we would be very experienced with using. It like for for example with myself in my practice I would have two or three products that I would use the whole time and I know them like the back of my hand um, and I would be very experienced in knowing what would be suitable for what pet and bad luck can happen to anyone but I think you're much better in a situation of speaking to your local vet about what they're experienced with using what they feel would be appropriate for See, your anyone pet anyone can get
0: an uh, um, allergy reaction it's kind of the same They with can humans, yeah isn't it? you, you can, can just be, be unlucky. unlucky You yeah. can
3: just be unlucky in which case your vet will be able to guide you as to a different product to use just But, to it, w- try but something it wouldn't else.
0: turn you off spot-ons because spot-ons Ooh. are the best N-
3: Well they? It wouldn't turn me off spot on because it could just be a fluke reaction to, to one ingredient. Yeah. Make sure you're using a reputable product that your vet is experienced in using. But there are alternatives, particularly for dogs. There's lots of tablets on the market. There are actually tablets for cats, too, that can do the fleas and ticks. So if you want to steer entirely away from the spot on, have a chat to your vet. And they may well be able to source a tablet version for you. And I'm just wondering as well, the fact that uh, Dan
0: it's a 10 year old I'm wondering is this I mean I'm assuming mm. that the dog did I see did I see that it was the 10 yeah whether it's, uh, it's the first time it's happened yeah. I, and I'm wondering it's 10 year old female mm. um, the spot on was given uh, oh it was by the vet and it's mm. a regular it spot on so yeah, it's just all of, it, all of
3: a sudden if it's all of a sudden it's a little bit unusual if it's yeah. the same product they've always used, used if there's yeah. been a bit of a change it might just be like we say bad luck and we've been a little bit sensitive to check back with the vet for sure yeah absolutely okay,
0: we'll leave it there thank you for that um, Jane as always was a mine of information we'll chat again next week that is Jane Pickett of the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group that's where I leave you for today my thanks to John Paul McNamara for producing Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we are back with you tomorrow at 10
5: every Friday we're counting down to the weekend the weekend by turning up the feel good
4: C103's Feel Good Friday brings you six hours of feel good greatest hits
5: Join Nick Richards from one and Martina O'Donoghue from four.
4: As we get you weekend ready. Weekend ready.
5: Turning up the feel good for Cork.
4: For Cork.
5: Every Friday from one. feel
4: Feel good Friday only on C103.